Welcome back to the Yoga Girl podcast. Today on the show, I talk about prayer and I talk about God and I talk about our complicated relationship to these two huge things, our relationship with faith and how sometimes the weight we put into certain words like God and prayer and church and faith can actually keep us away from that felt sense of knowing that we are here for a reason. I share my experience of a recent big prayer meditation that I just went through and I hope at the end of this podcast, you will feel a little bit closer to your own spirituality. It's a really good episode. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Hello, 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 my friends, my darlings, my loves. How are you? Welcome back to the show. It's a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I uh, almost just said good morning, <laughs> even though I try to refrain from saying that because obviously it's a different time everywhere in the world whenever you're listening to this. But I just did this thing I absolutely never ever do. I basically rolled out of bed and made my way here to my little podcast chair. So it's definitely morning here where I'm at. I uh, was experimenting with Dennis this morning how quickly we could get Leia out the door for school and uh, 12 minutes flat. We have a bit of a drive, so if we're late for breakfast, she gets breakfast at school, which is really sweet, but we almost never make it because we sleep in a lot. We're not the, I don't know what's really, we, we've had some big shifts in our family, actually. Leia sleeps way longer than she used to. Um, I don't know if it's a growth thing or maybe it's taking her longer to fall asleep these days. I mean, she is five and uh, I am sleeping in basically every single morning. I'm sleeping until I absolutely have to wake up, which is very different and new for me. I'm normally the person who, oh, I feel like I have to own and acknowledge that I have grown a little bit or, or shifted or changed a little bit because I have this narrative that I'm always kind of repeating to myself that I'm a bad sleeper. I don't sleep well. I don't sleep for very long. I'm, one of, I'm always kind of, I mean, I've talked about this on the show a million times. I'm always wanting to improve my sleep, but I struggle. I struggle. And uh, I used to be the person who anytime there was any kind of sound or noise or just a sliver of light came in through the curtains or anything at all, like I would wake up and be wide awake. And it doesn't matter if that was 5 a.m. or whenever, like I would just, if something wakes me up, I wake up. And we have these two older dogs. I mean, yes, you guys know we have three dogs, but we have two of them are older. They're both 14, which is really, uh, and they're not acting 14. They they are in super good health and good spirits. And uh, I don't know, I feel like they're going to 
They're going to be at least 28. Let's see. But they are elderly and just like seniors sometimes do, they started waking up really, really, really early in the morning. So at around five o'clock every single day, they start like pitter pattering on the wooden floor outside our bedroom. And then and it wakes me up, of course, immediately. Like I hear the little pitter patter. It's Laika, the oldest one. She wakes up first and she walks over to our bedroom door and then she walks back to the kitchen and then she does this kind of pacing in the morning. <laughs> I don't know what the hell she's doing. She's just she's just checking out the house and like kind of waking herself up. And I, I, I don't know. She just paces. And then finally, and I'm awake the moment like she's the moment she stands up, I'm awake. And then she walks over to our bedroom door. And she stands there and I know she's standing there and I know any moment now she's going to do the world's most (laughs) aggressive door scratch. Like she doesn't just like scratch the door a little bit like Ringo will if he wants to get in and the door is closed or whatever. She will like it's like a it's like a hell no kind of scratch. She she it's so aggressive this morning door scratch (laughs) she does. It's kind of the equivalent of like banging on the door, you know. Ringo does like a little knock and she bangs on the door basically. And uh, of course, like I'm wide awake at this point. But something has has changed where normally I'm always the one who whatever happens in the morning, I I will jump out of bed and get up because I don't want and whatever is waking me up to wake up Leia. I want Leia to sleep as much as possible because I'm a mom and I care way more about her sleep than I do my own, of course. And uh, Dennis can sleep through a thunderstorm like the man can sleep through. I think I've shared that story on the, uh, did I tell the story on this show ever about the time we had such intense turbulence on a plane? We almost went down. I kid you not. <laughs> we, I can't remember where we were going, but we were in the middle of like across a big ocean. Probably we were flying Aruba to Amsterdam or Amsterdam to Aruba or one of those. And, um, and we had such intense turbulence that people were crying there was crying, there was vomiting, there was bags falling from the overhead bins. The stewardesses were completely strapped down the entire time. There was no food, drink service. It was just, it was panic, chaos. You could see like lightning from the window. It was just panic, complete panic. People were screaming and crying on the plane. And Dennis uh, stayed asleep. He just, he just slept. He just slept. And I was like hyperventilating, crying, saying my prayers because I, I knew like we're all dying. We're going to die. Like this is it, you know. And the man is just blissfully, blissfully asleep all throughout. Like this was several hours. And at the worst point, like literally the worst point when I'm like convinced that this is it, this is the end, I, <laughs> I grab his shoulders and I shake him awake. And I'm like, we're dying and you're missing it. <laughs> you're missing it. We're dying and you're missing it. <laughs> and he just looks over at me a little bit, takes my hand and just kind of like pats me on my on the top of my hand. You know how like a grandpa would like pat you like, hello, hello. He's just like, okay, okay, it's fine. It's fine. Just, shh, let me go back to bed. <laughs> and then he, the motherfucker went back to sleep. <laughs> like that's the level of his of the depth of his sleep, that that's the level of his sleep commitment. I'm so jealous of him. I've always been so jealous of him. He can sit up, I mean, he can be completely seated, like a train or a bus or whatever, just sitting straight up, not even reclining a little bit. And he will announce, I'm taking a nap, and then he'll close his eyes and nap. (laughs) Like, what? What is this? And I'm so jealous, and that is not me. And also, one of my best friends, Michaela, she's, we talk about this, basically the, the base, the center of all of our conversations are around sleep because she is a sleep master like Dennis and I'm the one who can't sleep. And uh, we talk, we, we just, she just got an aura ring. I don't know if anyone, yeah, they, they were a podcast sponsor on the show years ago, actually. That's how I got my aura ring in the first place. Very happy about it but it's a little it's like a little apple watch kind of thing like one of those little devices but it's centered around sleep it's made for sleep but it's a ring that you wear and basically every day normally I wake up and my aura ring is like "Eh," like no try again tomorrow like it's always bad it's always a bad sleep score and my friend Michaela who just gets her aura ring she has a 99 sleep like a 98 to 99 sleep 
and the max is 100. I have never in my life been over 90. Never, never, ever, ever. For me, like a good night's sleep is like a 75, you know? And she goes to a 90 something, like 95. And Aura is like, are you okay? You're only sleeping at like 95% max capacity. Are you fine? And I'm over here trying to make it through like two straight hours. <laughs> but anyway, so all this to say that normally I'm the one to go and let the dogs out. I'm the one to go figure out whatever is happening. Okay, I'll shoot out of bed get straight to the thing. And then of course, I'm, I'm just wide awake. And that's it for me. And since I probably fell asleep later than everybody too, and the actual quality of the hours that I get is not very deep and very good. It's just I, 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 I'm, I'm just a bad sleeper. But what has changed now, and honestly, the thing that changed, <laughs> this is funny that I get to say this, the thing that changed was my husband. Like I'm getting better sleep because he changed for me, which is really lovely and really beautiful to get to say. But he, I, I don't know, I think I had, I don't know if this was like one or two months ago, I was reaching some sort of like bottom, like pit, like a pit of the worst sleep of my life. And I think he could sense that I'm just, I'm just not doing great. I really like what's going to happen if I don't if I if I don't sleep at least another hour every day, like I need I need something. I was getting a little shrill and high pitched in the morning and just drained and just tired. And all on his own, he just started. So of course, I have to wake him up. But like that first aggressive scratch on the door, I just poke him or like shake him a little bit. And he, he doesn't complain. He doesn't grunt. He doesn't like, oh, why are you waking me up? He just like happily gets out of bed and stays out there and taking care of the dogs and like keeping things really quiet all the way until Leia wakes up. And often when Leia wakes up, he'll be like, let's be really, really quiet and like go to the kitchen. And then he'll do the whole morning with Leia alone. So I get probably two extra hours of sleep thanks to this. Like he, the man is getting up two hours earlier than normal, happily for a long time now. <laughs> and I think now it's become... I don't know, it's become part of his morning a little bit, which is new to him. I know what it's like to be up at four. And, and there's something, even though I want to sleep more, but there's something so really beautiful about the first hours of the day and having that space quiet to yourself. And he's never really experienced that if it's not for Ironman training or getting up early for a bike ride. Like, obviously, that's probably even more special. But just being alone in the house, you know, making yourself a cup of tea and taking a moment like he, he, he hasn't really had that. And I think he really enjoys it. So for the past month, he's just out of bed. And it's even gotten to the point now that when she starts pitter pattering, like, like, like us, the, the, our dog starts walking around and I wake up because I still wake up. I know that I, I'm not going to have to get out of bed. She's not going to wake up Leia. Like Dennis is going to take care of the morning. Like he's going to let the dogs out. No dog is going to have an elderly pee in the house. Like he's he's got it. And because I have that knowing now, I don't wake up the same. I don't go all the way through the layers of sleep to a fully alert, awake state. I'm just kind of like noticing and listening. But I know I'm going to get to go back to sleep. And then he gets out of bed and I fall back asleep. It's magical. It's magical. So... I, 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 you know, that saying like we, people don't change. Well, we, we can change our behaviors. And I really think it's kind of a badass thing that Dennis did. And it's helping me to this, to this major point. I'm still, in case you're wondering, what does this mean for me that I'm getting like another hour, sometimes two? It means I, I think I'm averaging like six and a half, six hours a night now. Sometimes I get a seven. Um, it's, it's not like I'm sleeping eight or nine hours a night. I'm, 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 I'm probably at a regular person's low now. I don't know. How long do you sleep? That idea of sleeping eight hours, eight hours for me is a, that would happen at a hotel all by myself, you know, dedicated sleep space. I, I, I don't even know if I could, if I could pull that off. But I, I, maybe if I keep this up, I will eventually get to a solid eight eight hours. That would be, that'd be amazing. Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. 
Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Undaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with our signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. So, uh, <laughs> so much has, so much has shifted internally, externally in this year so far. I don't know if you feel the same way. Okay, so the astrology for this year is totally crazy. We all know we are coming out of just several consecutively bizarre and crazy years. But I I really feel like there is a there is a positive to the wild, or at least I am noticing in my own community and inside of myself and in my family and among friends that the people I know who are very dedicated to their spirituality, the people that I that I have in my life and the people that I know that are on a healing journey, which is a lot, a lot of us, a lot of you, like a lot of us are on, on that journey, have become so much more committed and so much more dedicated to this journey. Of course, because of all the madness, because of all the insanity, because of all of the uncertainty, I think. And what I'm witnessing now in just a very clear way is a lot of growth for a lot of people, a lot of healing for a lot of people. And we all know, I mean, that's how each of us have every major point of healing or breakthrough or realization or, you know, up leveling of our of our lives that we've ever experienced has always come on the other end of like a dark night of the soul. It's always come through some heavy time of our lives, some kind of darkness, something really hard that happens, something traumatic, something heavy, some. And we know this, we know this. And I just think there was a part of me that was kind of I really I lost hope and faith for a while not just about the state of the world, but a bit like internally as well, almost like it's just going to get worse. It's just going to get worse. And every year that comes from here on now, we're going to see, we're going to see a more strange, like a stranger world every single year, a world that is more disconnected, that is more filled with, with hatred and separation and chaos and control. And yeah, I, I really, I really, I really felt that way. And I think that brought me a little bit to a, to a kind of a hopeless place because what's what really is the point, right, of of fighting against injustices in the world if it just keeps getting worse and, and nothing is getting better. But what really brought me some, I think, a, just an overall energy of, of optimism and positivity this week was seeing a lot of people in my life go through major breakthroughs or seeing a lot of people in my life go through big healing moments, really, really healing moments. And of course, that makes sense. And it would make sense for this to be happening collectively to a lot of us and to so many of us at the same time, because we are all collectively going through so many, many hard things. And I don't know, I think this week, and without getting into any the any of the specifics of the of, of what's happening in the world either, I'm just feeling more hopeful this week. <laughs> Isn't that bizarre? I was thinking the other day, you know, remember life 
pre-pandemic. <laughs> like really remember life pre-pandemic. Like what were you doing end of 2019? What was your what was your life like? <laughs> we're we're talking it's been a while since then. It's been a it's been a long time since then. The version of you that closed out 2019 for sure. And it's bizarre that I can say this so confidently. The version of you that closed out 2019 is not the same version of you <laughs> sitting here listening to these words. I mean, we are all brand new people. We have all changed so much. And I want to believe that a lot of that internal inner change has actually been something more like growth than something unraveling and something falling apart. And what if this is just, this is what it's supposed to be. We're supposed to have the world spin faster and faster into madness so that we internally inside of ourselves move closer and closer to a place of true healing, of true connection, of true, of, of union, of, of a felt sense of, of oneness with each other, with this, and with this world. I mean, how, and is that what was supposed to happen? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm just feeling hopeful this week. A big reason why that is, of course, is that on Sunday, I uh, I ended our home course, the seven week course that I've been that I've been doing over the past over the past the seven week course I've been doing over the past seven weeks. Yes, <laughs> that one. We had our very last live session on Sunday, and. It feels like it was such a big deal. It was a big deal for me personally to to complete the course. And of course, everyone who's 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 participating in the course owns the course for life. And there's a bunch of people who said during the live that they have committed together with their groups that they are starting with day one of week one tomorrow. Like they immediately go into doing the seven weeks again. I have never, honestly, I have never, I have never received more beautiful feedback, more powerful feedback, more powerful praise or praise that really hit my heart, that really, that really went really deep. I, I've never, I don't know if I've ever created something this important before. And it felt so beautiful to really see that and to receive that and to witness that. But for me, personally you know when I think about this this course and the time <laughs> the time and the work and the energy that I put into the project that that was the home course we're talking years of my life right I mean probably a like a year and a half of actual work and planning um, from from me deciding that this is something that I want to do and then the time and dedication to kind of pull everything together and then actually you know, writing out and mapping out all the content. And it's just, it's, 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 it's a lot. Okay. That it's, it's a really big course. That's something that we realized one of the pieces of feedback that I really, like if I do another one, I would, I don't know if I would change anything majorly, but I would probably communicate that better, that this really is a lifetime journey. The amount of practices and rituals and, journaling prompts and nature rituals and movements and meditation and it's 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 more than you can actually really do in seven weeks right it's more about picking the practices that best align with you in that moment really getting into that intuitive place inside but when I think about who I was when I started planning for this course and who I am now that the course has ended I really feel like I'm I mean, I'm, I'm still me, but it's there has been such a change and such a shift that has unfolded inside of me since that moment. And what I didn't really know, but just figured out kind of at the very end was that I think there was a part of me that decided to create this course because I needed something to guide me on my own journey home. And I really wanted to be held by a community on on in this big life transition like I had this idea of course like I'm going to be I'm going to be holding space for this group and I'm the one who 
who has created this course and I'm leading this and hopefully it will, you know, bring about this huge sense of community and purpose for people who are participating. But it was all really for me. <laughs> how wild, how, how wild is that? And I didn't even know it until I started feeling so supported by the people in the circle. And so it's this, it, it's been this feeling all the way through of, it nor, instead, when I normally, when I do a big group, I feel a bit of pressure. I feel a bit of like, oh, I have to perform really well. I have to really ace what I'm doing. I, I have this feeling of just pressure, like I'm doing something big and people have showed up because they want to change their lives and they're looking at me to guide them and help them in, in doing that. And it adds this feeling oh yeah, of, of, of like weight on my shoulders. Oh my God, I got to I got to get this right. But with this course, I didn't feel that way. I didn't, I didn't feel that way. I had none of that, none of that pressure, none of that idea of like, I have to do or perform in a certain way. It really became, I get to show up here with them every single week. And as much as I'm listening to them and holding space for them and, and guiding them forward, they are listening to me and holding space for me and guiding me forward. And I just, I, I, I guess I didn't know that I needed that, and but my higher self did, and and here we are, this, this, this course just ended, and I feel, I, I don't even feel, and here's the funny thing: normally, if I would, you know, completing a major project like that, it's a milestone. It's oh, okay, we had a whole team of people working on this actively for a year you know, this is a big thing that we we did it, you know, and everyone is so happy and it was so well received. And it's such a, it's like all around just good. I don't have that feeling of accomplishment, you know, which I normally would at the end of, of, of whatever. That feeling of ah accomplishment, I did it, I succeeded, I completed it. I just feel, <laughs> I, I kind of felt the same after the course had ended. I just felt really soft and really held. And I guess, I guess I tend to feel more accomplished about things that I complete that are very, very, very hard, right? That are like an uphill climb or I have to push myself to make it through and then I make it through and I feel so accomplished. Like I did it, I did it. It was hard, but I did it. But this course wasn't hard. This course was not an uphill climb. It really was just being in circle and, and being in community for seven weeks and at the end of that, it wasn't like, oh, I com accomplished it. It's like, no, I, I, I got to participate, you know, I got to be there and be present for, for that. And how, how beautiful is that? And that's what I get to do for a living. Like what kind of, what kind of life is this? Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. And on the very last day, so the very, very last live, we did a, a very special, we went into ceremony together, all of us, for a very, very special meditation ritual and I've, I've, this is one that I've never done. I've never guided online before. I've never done a virtual version of this, only ever in groups in, in Luna Shala. And it's passed down to me from one of my dearest friends and teachers, Shuba, who uh, she was a guest on the show, actually. We have an episode on trauma healing way back. I don't know how many years ago, but way, way, way back. 
And she's actually arriving here to stay with us, her and her husband, for uh, this whole week, actually. They're arriving today. I'm so so excited to see them. They live in Brazil now, so we haven't we haven't had a physical in the flesh hug in a really long time. But this meditation, it's a really old, ancient Sufi meditation. So passed down through through the lineages uh, from her to me. And um, basically what it is, it's a prayer meditation. And it's hard to explain really the, the energetic workings of what happens when you enter ceremony, when you enter that really sacred space. But the idea is that you allow yourself to become the embodiment of prayer. And we spent a lot of time in the last week of the course talking about prayer and kind of unpacking prayer and devotion and, and God. And I know for a lot of you listening now, you have, we, we, usually there's kind of like two sides of, of how we look at prayer and how we look at God. So people who adhere to a specific religion, you'll think of prayer and you'll have a very specific idea in your head of what this is. And you think of God and, and you have a very specific idea of, of, of who or what that is, right? And maybe it relates to the Bible, it relates to going to church, it relates to your upbringing. It could be relating to something dogmatic, it could relate to sin, it could relate, you know, there's, there's so much that goes into to the religious side of things. It could also just be very, very positive and light and, and faith, right? But then there's the other side for people who are not actively religious, and that's really particularly true for Sweden and Swedish people. You know, Sweden is the least least religious country in the world. And here, you know, you kind of mention the word God, people get really uncomfortable. And even the words like God and prayer and people don't go to church. There's no, people are very pragmatic and practical and in and, and here. And, and, and even there's not a lot of, I think, natural organic conversations around faith. So... For people on this side of it, the word prayer might conjure up this this negative, this weird, like, what is that? That's just this religious thing, and you're supposed to pray to God, and how does that work? And that's weird. And the word God can even bring about, yeah, just complicated emotions, right? That that or Or you just feel like you don't resonate with that at all, like it's a religious thing. So we spent the last week kind of unpacking that, because for me, you know, it, 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 as I started out on my spiritual journey, I mean, you don't you don't have a spiritual journey without without faith, without the belief that we are connected to something greater than what we can tangibly see and touch. Now, in the in the more kind of spiritual community or whatever we call it, we might see that more spoken of as, well, I believe in the universe, right? The universe brought me this, or great spirit put this on my path, whatever word kind of resonates in those circles, but it's the same, right? Whatever you want to call it, you call it the universe, you call it God, you call it great spirit or spirit or universal love or mother nature, you know, it's really, for me, these, these words really are, are pointing at the same thing. And same with prayer, Prayer for me is not at all something that relates to a specific religion, although if it does for you, you can, of course, take that with you into a practice like the one we did on Sunday or take that, everything that works for you around religion, you'll bring that with you and kind of envelop that and hold that and maybe let that grow and expand into something even bigger, right? But prayer for me really is that that conversation, with God or that conversation with great spirit or whatever you want to call it. For a really long time, I was super uncomfortable with the word God and I never used it. And I really felt like, oh, but I'm not that kind of, a, I'm not a, you know, I don't believe in religion. I'm a religious person. I have a lot of faith, but I didn't really know what I had faith in. I just have faith in something, right? <laughs> That's a very Swedish thing to say. Do you believe in God? I don't know. I mean, I believe in something like, okay, well, that something is God. You don't have to call it that. It doesn't matter what, how you package it. You know, it's, it's, we're talking about the same thing. But I would say universe. I would say 
these days I feel as comfortable using the word God as I do nature. To me, those are, they are really, really one and the same. But I didn't like the idea of, of this kind of structured, like religious thing where you have to go to church and you have to follow these rules. And it felt very hypocritical to me, like the idea of just, especially the Catholic and the Christian church, I felt really, yeah, it didn't resonate, you know. How can there be so much judgment and so much separation for for something that really talks about love and that talks about unity and, and oneness? And I think at the end of the day, all organized religion is is pointing in the same direction, but then people corrupt that path and turn it into something dogmatic and something um, very rigid and something that feels very far away from oneness, right? So to me, prayer is the ability to really tap into a true sense of longing inside of our hearts, that that place inside that we can only really get to in deep, quiet moments. The longing that we feel in our hearts, that the longing for something, something, something bigger than us, right? And less about the longing for something material or longing for this thing or longing for that thing, but that longing that we all share, that at the end of the day, we, we want to know we are here for a reason. At the end of the day, we want to be loved and held and feel like we're worthy. And we want, we're all looking for that sense of oneness and connection. And, you know, we, we really are. And prayer is communicating that longing putting that longing into words or sending that longing through energy out into the world. Prayer is that communication. And sometimes for me, prayer feels like I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to my higher self. And sometimes prayer to me feels like I'm talking to nature. Sometimes it feels like I'm talking to God. And sometimes it it, it feels like I'm just listening. But for this and I really wanted to do this, this prayer meditation for the very end of the course, just because without talking about it anymore, without getting lost in the workings of the mind and the details of the stuff and, you know, what, what the weight that the words carry, right, which is all mind-based, we get to tap into this very, very, very deep place inside of our bodies where we become the embodiment of prayer, and it becomes a movement that, it becomes meditation in motion, basically meditation in movement, where in the beginning, yes, you are, you're, you know, your mind is kind of thinking and going, am I doing this right? Am I not? But after a while, because it's a long, slow meditation, the mind lets go. The mind kind of, you know, takes the backseat in a sense. And the heart really is what leads the way the whole entire time. And I have never practiced this meditation ever in my life and not had a major epiphany, never. So what you do is you come kneeling. So you're just kind of sitting on your heels, you're on your knees. And of course, this comes after, you know, we were in the, we're, we're always in circle, connecting to a deep place within our hearts. And it's, it's followed by, you know, we've done some sharing, we look each other in the eye, we've, we've cried already, we have this very vulnerable, open, connected space. And we've done a lot of work around prayer. So I think it's important that before we start the meditation that we feel very connected to our hearts, we feel very connected to our hearts longing, we know we're longing for something and, and we know we're ready to express that. So from that place, sitting on your, on your heels, just kneeling on the floor, you'll get, and this is the thing that you can't teach, you can't tell someone what to do, but you'll just know when the time is right and you feel called to come standing on your knees and you reach your arms up into the sky, palms out wide, so kind of like making your arms and your entire body into a chalice, into a, into a cup, into a vessel. And... You tilt your head up at the sky and you let yourself receive and you let yourself be filled and you let yourself fill up everything that you have been longing for, everything that you have been wanting, everything that, that your heart has been missing, 
you know, everything that you need, but also just all that's already coming, all that you are, you receive and you open and you open and you open and you receive and you receive and you fill your cup, you fill your cup and you might be standing there, you know, on your knees with your arms up at the sky for what feels like forever, right? For a very long time. It's very slow. It's very quiet. And until you sense this very subtle shift inside or just this knowing that your cup is full. And this is something so beautiful because when I describe this before we enter the meditation, because the actual ceremony is quiet, you know, no one's telling you what to do or when everybody moves at their own paces or in, in their own cadence. And it's, it's, you can't describe it. Okay. So at this point you will, it's time to, to turn to the earth. It's time to switch or to move. You just, you just get really quiet and you just listen and then, and, and you'll know your cup is full. And then from there, you turn to the earth and you come down to child's pose or something that resembles child's pose, where you take everything that you have and everything that you are and your cup's so full and everything you have received and you return it to the earth and you give and you give and you give and you empty yourself and you offer everything back to her. And along with that often comes, you know, the things that, that we don't want anymore, you know, the things that, that we don't need, the things that are weighing us down, the, the pain, the suffering, the trauma, the heaviness, we offer it to the earth. We really, it's, it's almost like an emptying ourselves completely, like turning ourselves inside out and we empty and we empty and we empty and we empty and we give and we give and we give. And you might be there again for a very long time. It's very, very slow how we move. And then again, we'll come that knowing, just you know, you're done, you're empty. And you come back and you're sitting on your heels and then you'll get quiet and you'll listen. And then again, that knowing will come when it's time to rise up on your knees and reach your arms up to the sky and receive again. And you receive again and you receive again and you receive again. It's kind of like that's the inhale, right? That's the the breath in. That's the the receiving, the the gathering. And then you'll know when the time is right and then the exhale comes. Of course, it's not the actual inhale and exhale because you you might be there for minutes and minutes and minutes. But it's that energy, right? The the receiving and then the giving away. And you come to the earth and you give and you give and you empty. And then you come back and then you do that. And you do that and you do that and you do at least seven rounds of receiving and giving, of filling up and emptying, at least seven rounds. They say if you don't do seven rounds, you're not complete and you might have a hard time sleeping or settling that evening. So you need to do at least seven rounds, but everybody moves in such a different pace. So some people might do 25 or, you know, and some people might do exactly seven just in the space that we have. So there's not even... I don't have a dedicated time for the practice because we just know when we know, you know, when, when the, the feeling of, okay, we're, everyone is, is, is close to ready. What happens, or at least what happens for me is oftentimes when I do this practice is every cycle, so to speak, like every time when I'm, I'm on my knees and I'm filling up and I'm receiving and I'm getting the download and I'm sometimes I'll, I'll have an image of a different person in each round. Like I've had that happen in the past. I had a really powerful one once in the Luna Shala where every round I did as I was standing on my knees, I was just feeling the love, like receiving the love of one specific person in my life. And it was really powerful because I I was cycling through, you know, I, I, and so it's like I, I would see Dennis, for instance, and... And I could really feel his love. You know, I could really feel the quality of his love for me. And and I'm receiving it and I'm receiving but I'm but I'm able to receive it in a way that's so much bigger and deeper than what I what I am normally able to in our day-to-day life. Like I could really feel the magnitude and the power of his love. And I'm receiving it and I'm receiving it and I'm receiving it. And then I'm giving it to the earth. It's kind of like I'm I'm allowing myself to be filled by this unconditional love. And then I'm trusting that I can give it all away. 
I'm trusting that I can give it back. I'm trusting that I can be a conduit, like a channel for this love. That this love is not for me to hold on to and hoard and gather, but actually I'm meant to be a channel for it and for, for it to pass through me back to the earth, back to other people, back out into the world, into not just my life, but the life of everyone I touch. And then the next cycle, I would see someone else. You know, I had my grandmother come to me who's passed away and I would really feel that. And then how the quality of her love for me was, it felt different. It was such a profound experience that I had because it was like I could, if I would paint paint an image of each round of the quality and energy of each person's love, it would look totally different, but it's all love. And then I would just be a channel for that love and then give, give it to the earth. And then I had Leia come to me and it was so different, this feeling, but it was also so pure and it was ancient and brand new at the same time. And then I had like this ancestral feeling come my way where it's just, I couldn't put a face to the, to the, to the, person anymore. I just knew that I am ancestrally protected. I have people from my lineage way back in my past who are loving me right now, who are so, who are, who are protecting me right now. And I could receive that and receive that and receive that and then give it away. And then the further I went through these cycles, it really became from my own innermost circle and then expanding out and then expanding out and then expanding out until eventually I could really feel the love of the world of strangers, even of, of people who don't like me, of, of, it, it was just, it became boundaryless. And my final one that I did really was this complete embodiment of universal love. I felt that, that the love that I feel for my husband or my daughter and the love that they feel for me, that there is nothing that separates that love from the love that God pours my way every day, from the love that that just is in existence, right? That I'm receiving and giving every day, that that connection between us is the same as the connection that I have with everything that exists in this world. I, I had this very profound feeling of oneness, where in the end, I remember for that last one, I didn't want to, I, I, I could have stood there on my knees forever. I just... You know, and after a while, you've, you've been doing this for an hour or something, you're, you know, your arms are up, you're, you're getting tired, like physically, it's, it can be, it can be intense to just be there, arms up, arms up, arms up, but it didn't matter. You know, I really felt this complete, complete oneness, this complete connection to all that is. And then offering that to the earth became, you know, the greatest offering, just this moment of absolute reverence, of absolute gratitude. It was so beautiful. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Oh, I haven't thought about that experience actually for a little while. But so what happened on this Sunday for me, it was so, and I, I, and I was on camera, right? So I'm being filmed. We have these several cameras set up and I've never done this practice virtually before. And because I am really immersed, I'm not teaching, I'm not guiding, I'm not telling people what to do. I'm just explaining beforehand. And then we have music playing. And I have to keep track of time, of course, as someone holding the space and kind of leading the group. But I'm immersed. I'm in practice myself. And there is a component to that that requires so much trust. Because you know, just imagine like I'm facing, I'm on my yoga mat and I'm facing sideways so they can see my profile, but I'm not looking at a camera. I'm not looking at a screen. We have our lives, you know, it, like there's all, everybody's faces on the screen, but that's, that's not what's in front of me. So when I start the practice and I, and I begin and I do my first, my first prayer there, I, I have to trust that everyone's just with me, right? 
if there is a technological glitch and like I lose internet, I wouldn't know, right? If something were to happen and the camera were to shut off, I wouldn't know. Like if there would be something crazy that went on, I wouldn't know because I'm not there over there. I'm in my own practice. And I knew this going in that basically it's like an hour and a half here of me being totally, totally, totally present in myself. And so I start and I start moving and I felt different in the beginning, probably because I was on camera and there was a component to it where I was like not 100% present in the beginning. Like I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, like, are they, are they getting it? Because when you're in the room, you feel the power of the room. It's like you can cut through the air with, with something because it's so thick with just devotion, right? But virtually, it's much harder to feel, especially there when I'm not like looking at the screen and sitting in front of the screen anymore. So I'm moving and I'm moving and I'm moving. And then the first thing that kind of I went through was this, uh, this, like I had this big image of myself as a little girl, like I, I'm doing all of this inner child work these days. And I had this image of myself as a little girl and I start to cry just because I, yeah, just because I, I just see myself as five year old and how beautiful and how precious I was and how perfect I was. And in my prayer there, I realized like there was a point where I stopped believing that I'm perfect. There was a point in my life, in my childhood, where I went from being this perfect embodiment of divine love, right? Of nature, of God, of whatever you want to call it. And where I knew that, where I was completely aligned with that, where I knew I, I was not only good enough, but I was just just perfect in my essence, in the way, the way I was born. And there was a moment where that kind of spell, in a sense, was broken, where I started believing that I wasn't perfect and that I wasn't good enough and that I wasn't good and that there was something wrong with me. And the older I grew up, the the, the further I became from that five-year-old, the yeah, the more flawed I have come to believe that I am. And now I'm this, how old am I? Am I 33? Yeah, I'm 33. <laughs> I am, now I'm 33 and I'm this grown up person and I'm completely convinced that there are so many things wrong with me, that there are things I have to improve, that there are things I have to fix, that I could be better, I could look better, be smarter, do, do, do. And, and as I'm praying and I'm receiving and I'm receiving this, this feeling of, of my perfect essence, you know, and then I'm offering back to the earth and I have a hard time believing it. Like I'm moving through these cycles and I'm like, and kind of nature is telling me like, but, but you're perfect. You're, you're just the way you're supposed to be. There's nothing wrong with you. And then my adult mind is like, well, that's not true. That's not true. I could always be better. I could always be better. I could always be better. And I, I cycle through that a few times. And then finally I come to my knees and I, I have through the window like a little, I can't remember what it was. It wasn't like a branch. I don't know if it was something kind of passed through the window. I don't know, maybe a bird. Something caught my eye of just something moving outside. And I see the sky and I, and I just realize the perfection of nature. Like really, if you hold nature just in your mind's eye for a moment, the absolute genius and intelligence and perfection of nature. Nature just exists in this state of, of, of it being exactly the way it's supposed to be. And it unfolds and happens all on its own. And you can break that down into like the little granular pieces of like seeds falling down to the earth where they sprout and just on their own and the rain falls and and then they grow and and become something that gets eaten by an animal you know that then poops out a seed and then another like and it sprouts and then another plant grows like i just had this image of these like very simple but also highly complex structures and systems that that take place in nature like we exhale and the trees inhale and the trees exhale and we inhale. It's, it's, it's miraculous, really, that nature is, that, that nature exists, that nature is, you know, I had my hands in my compost the other day and, it's, and I'm like, this is where we put essentially trash. 
We put food scraps in here and nature on its own creates this gold, this soil that, that this, I mean, it's, 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 and it smells so amazing and it looks so beautiful and I could basically eat it and I, and I put it in my garden beds and it just feeds my plants. It's how incredible is that? And then at the end of their lives, they will become compost and round we go. And I just, I had my whole heart fill with these, just these small things that I know as truth, but that actually are unbelievable in their perfection. And I realize, well, if nature is perfect and I am a part of nature, I am nature. Nature created me. I am, I am here because, not because I'm, I'm a visitor in nature or because I'm, I'm hanging out or because I'm here to explore. Like I am nature. Nature put me here. Nature made me. So in my essence, like deep inside of my core, if nature is perfect, well, then I am perfect too. And I had this big like wave wash over me of realizing the truth of that. And not in a, you know, like kind of adult mindset of like, oh, but you're perfect and I have no flaws. Not like that. In this full belief inside of like the way I was born into this world, that, that, the, the perfection that I know is inside of Leia. Like I look at Leia and she's perfect. I look at her little body, her little face, like she's, she's head to toe, like her spirit, her personality, the way she speaks. She's perfect. We look at any child and we can, we just know they're perfect. And then at some point, you know, inevitably we start to believe otherwise. And then uh, we, we lose ourselves along the way of that. And standing there on my knees, I just had this major, it's like a puzzle, piece of the puzzle just like fell into place. If I am nature and nature is perfect, then in my essence, I am too. And I can drop this idea that I'm not good enough, that I somehow need to constantly perform better or change myself or change my body or change something to be better or to look better. Like I can, I can soften that. I can put that away. And then as I had that realization, all of a sudden I realized, well, the thing that actually, the thing that actually shakes me, it's not a sense of not being good enough. It's not a sense of feeling like I'm inadequate. The thing like that, what the, the prayer beneath the prayer, right? The thing I long for deep inside, the thing that, the thing that I, is so hard for me is that I, I'm so, I feel so out of control. And when I think of nature in that sense, that nature just does what nature does and it happens in this very orderly way, the seasons just shift and, and it's just, there's something very calm to that knowing, but I exist in nature and I am nature, but I, I don't know anything and I, and I, and I can't control anything. How, like, can I actually trust that spring is going to turn into summer? Can I, can I trust that summer is going to turn into fall? Can I? Can I trust that when I put that seed in my garden that it is going to sprout? Like there's a component there of absolute trust that that I have to anchor into to be able to 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 live a life aligned with nature. And I was standing there on my knees and this wave of terror, like of absolute panic came over me. And I just realized, well, I don't know. I I have no control. And all the fears that I, that I feel deep inside, that I feel, I think, every day, all the time, but I'm just really good at covering that fear up, right, with life. But this fear of, of I have no control at any point in my life, literally, this is true, at any moment of any point in my life, anyone can die. And, and this is a truth. And I know this to be true because I've had so many people who I love so much die very suddenly out of the blue in my life. At any moment, anyone can die. And I had this thought, right, in the prayer meditation of like, I have no control. Actually, anyone can die at any time, at any moment, which is a truth. But it, it came as a truth. It came as like complete terror. And I start to cry and I just keep moving, right, in my, in my crying. And I'm like, I, I have no control. I have no control. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And in my 
in the, and in my, like, I get this vision of all the things I don't know. I don't know who's going to live and die. I don't know if Dennis is going to die. I don't know if Leia's going to die. I don't know if I'm going to die. I don't know if, if, if I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then I realized, wait, I'm doing this meditation. Like, what time is it? How long have I been crying here? You know, <laughs> like, it's not just me alone on my mat. It's like a lot of people here present. But I'm very immersed in what I'm doing. And I don't want to leave my mat to go over the computer. So I just realized, like, what if they're not here? What if in my prayer here, I lost them? Right. I'm here thinking I'm 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 part of of a big circle. I think I'm part of a community. I think I'm part of of this this felt oneness here, all of us together. But what if five minutes into this practice my internet dropped out and I am just all alone? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And it's it really came as like a I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm crying and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm alone here. I don't know if 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 people are gonna die, I don't know if if people like if I if 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 I'm in a circle anymore. I I don't know. I don't know. And I just kept breathing and I just kept moving. And I'm like on my knees in the next round and I'm just like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And the longer I stay there and I just let myself receive and I allowed that I don't know. I just allowed it. I just I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And all of a sudden, like kind of, kind of slow, it's slowly, it started to change and it still was like, I don't know, but it became like, well, I don't know. I really don't know. And it, and I felt a bit of grounding in that. I don't know. And it's kind of the same thing as, as I, I don't know that nature is going to do its thing, but nature does its thing, you know, but still, I don't know, but yeah, I don't know. There's a comfort in not knowing. There's a comfort in not knowing because it means I'm just completely leaning into trust every day of my life. And instead of feeling or instead of walking through life, making life happen, forcing life to move forward, controlling life, I get to just live life and be held by life. And I have this this thought in my head, this like, I don't know, I don't know. And all of a sudden it became like, I don't know. I just, huh, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. And it's like, I started feeling such a peace in the I don't know. I don't know. And then I was smiling and I was like, that this mystery of life, you know, like that brought me here with this with my family living with nature this way like doing this kind of work having this kind of life having these life experiences just being here now standing here on my knees in prayer i didn't know any of this was going to happen i didn't know i was going to end up here i don't know and it just it became the most beautiful prayer this to be okay and not knowing to not know and still have the courage to wake up and start another day you know to not know who's gonna live who's gonna die and to love anyway all in like there's a there's something so powerfully beautiful about choosing to show up for love every single day Knowing, because we all know that at any moment, this might all go away. At any moment, we might lose that person. Like there's, there's a beauty in that courage of our beating, brave hearts that kind of makes this whole thing worthwhile. To know that I don't know and to love anyway. And I was just there, like with this feeling, this complete peace in my heart. Just, I don't know. And I'm not supposed to know. I'm not supposed to know. I just don't know. And in the I don't know, there is trust. And I'm trusting. I'm trusting that my people will live. <laughs> I'm trusting that 
nature will continue to do what nature does. I'm trusting that I'm here on my knees on this mat and everyone's still here. Like actually I'm in a circle now and I'm so held, I'm not alone. And um, <laughs> eventually when it was time to, to wrap up, I go to the computer and everybody's there. <laughs> you know, everybody's there. No one left. There was no, in the very end, I had like a little microphone glitch. All of a sudden, just the microphone started like cutting out and something happened with the screen. And I immediately had like a, I don't know, and it's okay. Like immediate. Like even if the whole feed would cut out now and we would lose everything. And this is the last moment of the live of the home course that we spent so much, so much, you know, it's so much time and energy immersed. And if this is it, then that's it. That's good. That's good. That's good. Like, I, I don't know. So what could have been a complete moment of like, oh my God, panic became like, oh, <laughs> you know, but then it was, it, we fixed it really quickly. It was like, I don't think anyone even noticed because it was right in Shavasana. And um, I came back and I got to share that with the group and just, we spent the last, I think, 30 minutes of the call just crying, just crying. And it was such a beautiful prayer, such a beautiful prayer, such a beautiful group. And since that moment, I've had this, yeah, I've had this unshakable trust in my body really like the point is not to wake up one morning and just finally know the point is to be okay not knowing right the point is to to not know and to show up anyway that's why i'm here <laughs> it's the purpose of all of life you know to not know and to love to not know and to love I'm really glad I shared this story with you. I really am. Maybe one day we'll do more of more of that practice. I don't know what's in store, honestly, for me for the rest of the year or for what comes next. I'm in this very open space now of not knowing. I have nothing on my calendar. <laughs> I have no project. I'm not writing a book. I'm not filming anything. I'm not waiting for some time to pass so the next big thing can start. I'm just in my garden planting potatoes and planted broccoli yesterday and some radishes, and some lettuce. and That's just where I'm going to be, I think. My hands in the soil, trusting. Thank you for being here with me, for listening today. I hope you have a truly beautiful rest of this week. The Yoga Girl Podcast will be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. Available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you normally get your shows. And of course, thank you to my sponsors. Please support them the way they support this podcast. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>